I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, welcome back to part two of the Stompcast. I'm here with Spencer Matthews. We're in Battersea Park. We're having a lovely wander. Thank goodness it stopped raining because it was being a down this morning but we're having a good wander and we've really dived into the topic haven't we i think around sobriety deciding like what's a problem what isn't a problem do words matter i really want to go forth now and uh talk a little bit about living sober and i as i said i'm six weeks in now as we're recording this and one of the things i did think about and you raised just at the end of the part one is dating sober and actually not just dating sober but going just meeting new people, being, saying going to a house party where, quite frankly, as someone gets quite anxious, I would normally have had a couple of drinks to go yeah. to feel comfortable. What is it like? And I know that you obviously, you've been with Vogue and you're, you're married now and so on, so I guess it's different in that sense. But have you noticed a difference in meeting new people where usually you'd go down a few drinks, you'd meet them after a few drinks? Are you happy going sober? Does it make a big difference? I think I'm more interesting sober. I think I make more sense sober. I think I'm... You know, there's nothing worse, right, than being at a party where everyone has been drinking for, for a long period of time. And, and, and you know, you, your conversation does start to deteriorate, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like... Well, the same conversation starts again. Yes, exactly. Then, then, no. It's a loop. You're like, I went Ex- back at 7 o'clock again? Yeah, so. exactly. So, so, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, if I was single, I would be delighted that I'm sober. Because <laughs> there would be a much better chance of me dating, you know, the kind of people that I'd like to date, sober than drunk, that's, that's a certainty. So I think, you know, alcohol serves as, you know, a nice icebreaker. I think, fortunately, you know, I've always had very high levels of confidence. So I never saw it as, oh God, I need to have, you know, a few shots before I go and talk to that girl yeah. or whatever. You know, I've always yeah. just been fine to pile on in. I had noticed. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, but I, I, guess, I guess, you know, if you have a good relationship with alcohol and you have a, you know, a drink or something, it, it could help you with your confidence and stuff. But ultimately, I, I think people are more vibrant, you know, often funnier, more interesting, you know, when, when, they, when they are sober. I think it is a, a, a little bit, and this is, again, just my opinion. I think it's a bit of a misconception that you become Superman, you know, when you're a bit drunk. I think it's nonsense, Well, the frankly. idea that a lot of people... I think it's a societal thing where we view alcohol as a progressive, as a progressor, that it progresses your brain, your personality, everything, but it's a depressive. It's yeah. the opposite of progressive. It depresses your brain and prevents it from basically being its fuller self. And not just depressive in terms of its function and its performance, but it does actually make you feel just... Meh, doesn't it? You get that little, bu- you get a little buzz because yeah. it's effect on part of your neurotransmitters called GABA. It gives you a little bit of a buzz, but quickly after a few drinks, all you're actually doing is sedating your brain. Yeah. And like the decision making idea, like you know, a lot of the time you wake up the next day, and think, oh gosh, shouldn't have said that, should I have done that. Oh god, did I do that? Well, yeah. the problem is, is that alcohol suppresses the human part of your brain and basically enhances the emotion, emotionally driven part of your brain. So. The kind of like, oh yeah, let's jump off that high wall, or you know, let's talk to that person, or let's you know, let's make this joke that you wouldn't otherwise yeah. make. So, I think most of the poor decisions I've made in my life have been, mm. you know, under the influence. Mm. 
Right. I think I'm, most, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure 95% yeah. <laughs> of those people who do drink in the UK would agree that that is probably the case for most people, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm not saying I don't make poor decisions <laughs> sober. But you but choose your poor decisions probably more consciously. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think you decide that you want to make <laughs> yeah. a poor decision. Uh, no, but I think, um, no, I think it's, uh, it's each to their own as ever with this conversation. And, and I think, you know, if, if people should, in my opinion, you know, even if you're remotely interested in it, try just going, you know, seven days. Yeah. without alcohol and just see if it affects your life you know differently particularly yeah. social i think the social stuff i mean i i um we went to um the i went to the found christmas parties my management's christmas party quite literally i think days or week after um having my last drink or whatever and i was like oh gosh what's it going to be like and to be honest i don't feel I, I there's no element that i miss out on i did use the trap door quite early so yeah. you kind of you don't you know the irish goodbye Yes, yeah. just disappear, boof, gone. Smoke bomb and gone, and, and, and out of there. But, but I, actually I think, don't I, miss I, anything, to I, be honest. I actually think back in, back in the day, and I say that like it was 20 years ago, you know, just a, a, few, a few years ago even, um, you either kind of drank or you didn't drink, right? And there was a huge compromise to not drinking. So sort of like veganism, you know, a, a few years ago. Like if you were abstaining from meat for a brief period of time even, just... To, to be more health conscious, the, the food and the products that you were having were probably a large compromise to say the cheeseburger that you wanted, right? So yeah. it's kind of like, I feel like a cheeseburger, but I'm gonna end up with a nut roast, right? And then came corn and then came the veggie burger, you know, all of which are large compromises to a cheeseburger. And now with like things like Impossible Meat and Beyond Meat, you can actually have you know, something that is pretty good, right? Like, like you, you can have that cheeseburger that you want with your ketchup and mayonnaise and your chips or whatever. And, and actually, the compromise is so slight that the experience remains the same. And that is... That's, clean, that's like clean kitchen, yeah, isn't it? That, we were talking clean, about clean kitchen clean earlier. Kitchen, and clean co. That, yeah. that, is, that is what we are trying to do, you know, decrease that compromise so that, you know, you and I who don't drink, wouldn't it be nice to have a gin and tonic? Yeah, yeah. okay, cool. Have a clean gin and tonic, right? The thing is made with juniper and 14 other botanicals you know it, it is you know a complicated adult sophisticated drink that when mixed with tonic really performs like gin tastes like a gin and tonic mm. and all of a sudden your social experience is very comparable yeah. to having an alcoholic drink so all of a sudden it's kind of like i'm able to make that positive change without sacrifice. compromise sacrifice. Yeah, so, so for me you know and people say to me well how did you do it and like like how did you just stop and it's kind of that there are ways of, of curbing the habits by maintaining the same behavior even yeah. like you don't even need to change your behavior go to the pub just have a different product yeah um and, and you'll see that in many cases particularly if you drink clinko in my opinion is very comparable so your social experience doesn't feel hindered which i think is a big barrier to giving this a go yeah and i, th I think obviously again it, it comes down to your own um your own stance and some people they you know if you're level addictions you can't go to the pub and that i think it's a different scenario but i think the point that you're capturing i think i think the crux of it is that i think a lot of people are deciding not to drink because they actually want a different they do want to make a different life choice right and so what you don't want to do is do that and then feel that you are sacrificing fun because i think that's the point people think if i stop drinking my life will no longer be fun and i think before you basically went to <laughs> you went to the pub and if you didn't drink you either had soda water or you had a diet uh, coke, diet coke. Yeah. and i and after one or two Diet Cokes, it pretty quickly becomes uh, painful and boring. And I think also people are like, oh, he's on the Diet Coke. And then you have all these questions about why you're having 
a Diet Coke, which then becomes irritating when you answer this like 10, 10 different times. So you kind of want to go and enjoy the experience, be immersed. And I think for people that are curious around it, I would say go. Like I went to the Christmas party and I really enjoyed myself. I don't yeah. feel that I didn't have social interaction. I don't feel that I was like somehow I have to go home now. Gosh, what a shame. I really... It was great. And the next morning I went to the gym first thing, which is something I personally want to really stick to this year. And so you get that. I think someone else said it is you can have everything, which is the beauty, isn't it? You, you can have it all. Yeah. But also, you know, the stigma for women in particular, whose pregnancies are rumbled by the fact that they're not drinking. It's kind of like, you know, if you're a, you know, young woman or Gosh, that's you know, so a true. woman and you go that's to a so bar true. and, you know, oh, I'm not drinking tonight. Are you pregnant? Yes. Yeah, that is absurd. That, that, that is, that is, you know, just because... That person in that moment, you know, even is choosing not to drink alcohol is, you know, they must be pregnant almost. Um, so I just, yeah, anyway, look, we've, we've hit the points, I think, for sure, around stuff like this. And at the end of the day, it's a personal decision, right? If you'd like to see if your life and mental well-being and physical health can increase exponentially, try cutting alcohol out of your life would be my advice. How did you go about actually the practicals of starting, going, do you know what, this is lovely, this non-alcoholic gin, do you know what, I'm going to start a company. It does sound like quite like, you know, we've all had that moment, have we? Like, oh, I'd love to start this new app or whatever. How do yeah, you yeah. actually do that in practice to where the point where, like, I was driving into London the other day, heading into West London, I can see Cleanco on the kind of, on the billboard. I mean, how, how do you go from point A to point B? I think, I think just kind of, I was incredibly determined, you know, nothing was kind of going to, get in my way as I imagine lots of you know um, ambitious entrepreneurs are um, I you know came up with the idea for my own brand I wanted to um, remove the, the negative connotation around not drinking you know at the moment you know some, you go to a bar you order a non-alcoholic beer that is a negative thing to order right it's kind of like I would like a non-alcoholic beer right that, that's an alcoholic or, you know, you're, you're ordering something that doesn't sound fun, yeah. you know, in the name. So I kind of wanted to create a space around, uh, like, a positive choice. So clean drinking, for me, I thought was a cool way of doing that. It's kind of, you know, I can eat clean, I can be clean, you know, perhaps I can drink clean too, like a clean martini, a clean margarita. So, so anyway, so, sorry, back to, back to your question. I called everyone that I knew who had ever been involved, you know, with, with startups. I had never done anything like this before. Um, so I took it a step at a time. I called a friend who had started a couple of successful businesses and asked for his advice. Mm. I think if you are starting a business, just understand that, you know, advice from others and other people's opinions is just really important. And, you know, yeah. if you ever feel like you have the answer to everything, you definitely don't. Yes, that's um, a good point. So, you know, I, I called a few friends and they introduced me to people who introduced me to people. So I think, I think that on the third cycle of introductions, I met a, an older gentleman called... Justin Hicklin, who I, who I love, um, and he has spent his life working in gin in particular. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he himself doesn't drink too much, right? And he just loved the idea. He loved, you know, the name Clean and, 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 the, and the idea behind, you know, why we should be doing this. And uh, he really helped me. And, you know, we traveled around to many different distilleries and people thought we were crazy, you know, because at the time we wanted to be the world's first non-alcoholic gin because yeah. actually you know going back to the party seedlip is, is, is not a non-alcoholic gin it's no. its own thing it's yeah. created with hay peas bark you know stuff that you wouldn't find in gin so I, I thought you know why can't we 
actually make actually a actually make a gin right juniper driven gin with you know orris roots and cardamom and citrus whatever else you'd find in gin and create a product that is so similar to, yeah. to gin but without the alcohol that we could call you know clean gin at the time and uh of course we got slapped on the wrist for that because we're not a gin so now we operate as clean g and clean w for whiskey and yeah. stuff like that but i guess you know you like with, with like with most startups i i raised money um you know that was a very funny discussion actually with with one guy that i barely knew and uh and he said you know what's your aspirations you know for the business and i said well you know we want to be the, the biggest and the best you know i want to be the the best non-alcoholic spirits company in the world you know and he was like right okay uh and he said how much money do you think you need and i was like well the bottles cost this labels cost this ingredients cost this you know we'll do an initial run of fifty thousand bottles you know i reckon i can sell those quite quickly so you know we need we need a couple of hundred grand type thing and yeah. he and he looked at me and he goes you need about three million quid mate i said Is what for marketing? Like, well marketing but but also he just said so much you know starting a yeah. business and having no runway right with no visibility of where you might be or if you don't sell these fifty thousand bottles what, or you, you're not yeah. on forecast he said you absolutely need firepower behind you to begin with to build something because he said you burn through that couple of hundred grand you, nobody's going to put more in yeah. right so he said if you don't get to where you want to be to re-raise is going to be very very difficult so took that on board great and, advice yeah it was good advice and we and we did uh we did a seed round i actually i read an article that was written by uh, a very intelligent woman who works at lightspeed venture partners which is a massive fund uh, in the states ordinarily they 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 do you know tech company they were tech companies sorry they were um you know, initial seed, I believe, into Snapchat. Uh, they were, you know, early funding into Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop and kind of other mm. stuff. I know that's not a tech company, but mm. that's an example of, you know, a product-based company. And, and, and they had written an article saying that the future of beverage mm. in the US will be businesses that can circumvent the three-tier mm. distribution system. Uh, and having no alcohol in our products, we can you know do that we don't need to go through the traditional selling see, methods I in see, the states yeah. so i found her email address and shot her an email i said look you know we want to we want to grow a, a big brand here in the uk and you know sell non-alcoholic gin and blah blah blah. and anyway long story short they they ended up investing um about 50 percent of the initial money wow. uh, but then we were kind of light speed backed and people started paying more attention to us and the early raises became a bit easier but also just surrounded myself with like-minded people with with great experience and justin helped with that a lot you know he put me in touch with other people who who really helped us grow the brand I and mean, look we've made so many mistakes but we're in a place where we're now the leading independent in the uk unbelievable you know by some margin and uh and it feels great you know and we're yeah. finally getting to this place where i feel that we can really talk about all this yeah. right because I, honestly I, I believe i honestly believe that if we'd had this conversation three years ago yeah. people would be like shut the fuck up yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. I think yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so. It's kind of like the I world has moved probably with put it. Put the time stuff. in as well, yeah. right? And it just feels like we're in a place where we can actually do some good with it all. Like I mean that. Talk to me about the mistakes because I think that's. A, I'm glad you said that and admitted that because I think a lot of the time in life, when you see anyone successful, regardless of business or anything they achieve, often you don't hear about the kind of things that went wrong that could have actually derailed. Yeah. And how you respond to them. Have there been moments you thought, oh god, has it been? You know, oh gosh, we're, we're full steam. Were there moments you're like, oh gosh. Is this going to work out or this god that was a that was a sore mistake like how do you deal with those kind of errors and learning processes i guess 
I think, you know, I, I'm a real shoot, I, well, I, certainly in business, I was a real shoot from the hip kind of guy. You know, I was the CEO for a period. I'm now the CMO, right? So I, I manage the marketing and go into that in a bit. But back when I was CEO, I, I'm a very impatient person, should we say. Like, I want to see results immediately, right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm kind of like... Like, <laughs> like now. Uh, yeah, we want to, want to change the world, like, by the end of the year. You know? and, and it's kind of... So no, in order good. to do that and in order to, to grow at the rate that I wanted to grow, we were, uh, you know, spending in ways that were perhaps a little too aggressive, even though we were trying to grow the category, right? So growing a category is really difficult. You know, if you want to make people or, or at least have an offering that people uh, buy that they've never bought before, mm. that's tough. There's a lot of education sure. that comes with that. So it's not sure. like releasing You're not something. Yeah, slight well, it's not like releasing a toothpaste, right? Where yeah. everyone knows what toothpaste yeah, is. Sure, like, sure, here, sure. let's do this. This is better than Crest, you know? That's a really but good it's, point. It's, it's, it's like a like, whole new thing, isn't it? Whole new thing. So you've got to explain to people why they need it, why they want it, why we're the best, you know, blah, blah. So there's a lot of investment kind of behind that uh, and a lot of time to actually get people to want to make this new incremental purchase right to what they usually buy and uh i don't know mate where you know back when nobody knows what you are you're, you're trying to your point the billboards right and it's you're putting on billboards is that translating to huge sales straight away like no people have to see advertising over and over and over again yeah. before they buy something and that sure. billboard let me tell you is really expensive <laughs> so, i can only so, imagine so it's kind of like you know so i think back when justin and i were kind of running stuff broadly on our own there was a lot of that right mm. there was like well you know we want to do this in this month so let's just you know whack this into that and it's kind of Ooh, okay that didn't quite work and you know now we're behind forecast a bit so we were kind of Kind of felt like we were playing catch up a bit, but you know, we've done. That's surely a bit scary sometimes when you think, all right, this sum of money is going to translate into sales. I put, like, say, I just arbitrary numbers. You put like yeah. 10,000 pounds into something, and like, oh, that didn't yeah. like, immediately turn into something. Does that create a bit of a fear? Because, like I said, you can burn through the cash, especially in businesses, so quickly, can't you? Yeah, I mean. And it's other people's money, isn't it, ultimately, as well? It's your money, but also there are other people's investments that are in this. Of course, pot yeah. No, so it's. Uh, feel that responsibility, I guess. Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, it was all. It was all very exciting and continues to, to be very exciting I think you know the the opposite though would be playing it too safe and not yeah. growing at the rate that you want to grow at so look we've had the most amazing time and you know would I do things very differently if given a blank sheet again certainly a few things you change but you know you wouldn't replace the experiences yeah. we've had you, you know they've, it, be, yeah. they've been incredibly good fun and I think you know not that we've have failed but you know I did Elizabeth Day's podcast and we're talking mm. about failure right yeah. and it's such an important part of growth. If you are one of these incredibly fortunate entrepreneurs that just, you know, releases something, tech yeah. company, boom, goes out, out, you know, wild straight away, is, could you do it again? Probably not, yeah, right? So exactly. I think learning how to build it, failing, building back, you know, is very important to one's development as an entrepreneur, you know, and I'll be doing this for the rest of my life, you know, whether it's clean co or something else you know I, I feel like building stuff creating things is important and i love doing it it's part of it the enjoyment of having that team as well i think one of the things i've enjoyed within just what i do i guess and in my sector is that you feel like you create you know you, you, you literally create jobs you create a group of people that are, have the same goal like has, has i'm presuming you've got quite a few people working within clean co is that feeling like mutual there's something about being in a team isn't there like the mentality of like we're all achieving something that purpose going back to that point yeah honestly the clean team is like family yeah and, and you know we have 
just the greatest time. And it's, we all, I think we all, anyway, I can't say we all, I suppose, but I think most people love working at Clinko, right? And we, we, have a, we have a really good working relationship and we feel like we're making a difference, which, you know, I know sounds a bit cheesy, but it's nice, right? To turn up feeling like we're doing something that is going to be valuable to people, particularly if it can make them healthier. Well, I think that point is that with any business, you've got to add value in some way. And like that is, you, you kind of, I guess it's clear where you're adding the value, isn't it? In that sense. And I guess that's the beauty, like you're giving someone the opportunity to kind of see a different option. Yeah. And that is, and that is a beautiful thing. As we're wrapping up part two, I'd like to ask you, I mean, we've just been talking about clean co and like, I guess the kind of, like, the word journey, isn't it? But it is a journey um, that you've experienced with the company and the decisions that you've made. Do you feel that, I mean, you might not even care, which is probably a good thing. Do you feel that people's perception of you has changed over the years? And I find it interesting is that, you know, coming from Love Island, the idea of who I was supposed to be from yeah. Love Island versus like what you do now. I quite, I do sometimes enjoy a little bit the fact that it's like, well, you all assumed me to be a certain person. Right? Yeah. I wasn't the person that maybe you thought. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know if you have that satisfaction in any sense. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I'm, I, uh, as I said earlier, you know, I look back at my time on Made in Chelsea with you know, some regrets, you know, I, I do, I do kind of try and live without too much regret. You know, I don't feel that, you know, behavior at the time was too different to kind of, you know, somebody in their early twenties, you know, out and about, but, but, you know, yeah, I, I certainly feel that people probably do see me a bit differently now, but also I don't really consider myself to be kind of wildly famous. I think, you know, as you get older and particularly when you have kids, you kind of see, you know, most people just get on with their own life, yeah. right? And I yeah. think when you're on reality television, you feel like everyone's watching you, but actually they're not. They're doing right? their own thing. <laughs> yeah. it's a spotlight idea, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, you might be someone's guilty pleasure, even, right? So what's the point? You know, and it, and it's kind of, it's kind of. So, so I probably care. are you still people's guilty pleasure? I don't know. You'd have to, you'd have to ask uh, the nation. Uh, no, but I, I think. Yeah. To answer, to answer your question, I do care. You know, I think. Back then, I probably cared less about what people th thought about me. That's why I was, you know, keen to, you know, I always saw Men Chelsea as a business, right? So it's, so it's like that business trades on drama, right? It's commodity is drama. Without the drama, there's no business. We're all out of a job, right? And that's how we saw it work, right? It wasn't kind of like, oh, hey, they're just going to follow us around in our day-to-day -day lives. It was turn up at 8.30, we're going to mic you, we're going to give you a briefing, and then you're going to say this, right? And it's like, right, okay. Um, <laughs> oh my so, God. so it was kind of yeah. like, it became far less authentic over the years. Yeah. Um, I loved it initially, and then, you know, when things felt very written, uh, it was less interesting, because obviously, you know, as much as I would have loved to have been an actor, uh, I wasn't being paid to act. So I kind of just thought, well... This no longer feels real to me, so I'm no longer that excited uh, by it. And, you know, it's, as I said, it's you, you kind of it required drama. So drama, drama, drama. Like, I, I don't think anybody likes living a dramatic no. life. So uh, the I highs thought, and lows constantly. It must be exhausting yeah, to kind exhausting of be in a constant so. state of like unease, I guess. It's impossible to have a good relationship on that show because the minute you're happy, they try and upset you. And the minute you're upset, they try and make you happy. You know, so it's kind of... Mm. It, it just it was um, a bit turbulent to be honest and is, is, it's is probably that... pretty detrimental to the mental health well, of many people on it well yeah exactly um, was alcohol used as a kind of liquidator shall we say in that scenario do you feel that alcohol was deliberately used to kind of make things more likely shall we say yeah not by the production company yeah. though so like they wouldn't okay yeah. they wouldn't kind of fuel us but they, they mm. were actually very responsible around 
Because other shows isn't. haven't had the same, perhaps. They would give you alcohol, stuff, yeah. but they were responsible with it, so they wouldn't. They, you know, to, to answer your question, no, they didn't make you drunk yeah. to, in the hope that you'd mm. say something. But there was alcohol kind of readily available, and at the time, of course, we would drink it. And and you know, there, there are scenes that I wish weren't, you know, flooding TikTok. But you know, it, it's yeah. kind of. I think if you think about it, you know, I was twenty, early twenties when most of that was shot. Uh, now I'm thirty-four with three kids, so it's kind of. You know, I think the perception of me is, you know, hopefully that I'm. Yeah, I think a, it's a, a sober dad. I, I mean, for an, for an, I think the far thing less is, exciting. Well, I think from the outside perspective, in many ways, and actually, again, as someone like I said, I kind of grew up with you in many ways. That sounds a bit weird, but yeah. kind of did at that time. I think, um, I think people, res- I think these days, what people want is authenticity. I, I don't believe that there's a squeaky clean, perfect person on this planet. I'd love to meet a, a person who's truly an absolute perfect person who doesn't make mistakes and I think people are starting to kind of realize that we all make mistakes and what you actually want is people that recognize things that they you know things oh actually you know I don't align with the person I was at that time or there were things that I maybe wouldn't do now and it's okay to kind of learn from that and grow from that place like otherwise your life is bloody boring if you're like this perfect person that never does anything wrong never get any mistakes yeah and it go and you don't grow yeah, no well, I, look, I look back at myself Zero then, and, you know, I would uh, I would struggle to be friends with myself essentially. But, you know, would I have that many 21, 22 year old mates now? Obviously not, right? We're mm. in different stages yeah. of our lives. Yeah, so, sure, sure. so I don't know. It's, uh, you know, regretting doing it is 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 something that I've, I, you know, I don't feel like yeah. saying. I probably have yeah. said it in the past, but it's, you know, it was it was great for a time. Then it became like any job, you know, just just a little mundane to me. Didn't really enjoy it, and then I left, you know. And I think Jamie, I interviewed Jamie Lang the other day. He's my kind of one of my best pals um, on Big Fish as well. And and he recalls a time when his mental health was just so bad, right? He was just so anxious and so in a hole about, you know, believing that everybody was concerned about his character, you know, in in England. It's kind of like. I said to him, just leave the show, honestly, just walk. Just say, I'm out, yeah. and leave, yeah. and you will feel better immediately. And he said, no, I won't, no, I won't, and he did, and he did, right? So it's kind of like, it's... Uh, sometimes you've got to make difficult a lot of pressure, choices. It, to perform sometimes, whereas I think what we're up to now is uh, less stressful. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, just to end on this point, because we've got part three to, to, to go through. Enjoy. But this is quite the walk, by the way. Yes, nice. you're getting your steps in. Yeah, I mean, we really are, we're, we're getting the yeah. steps in. But I think just to, to finish on that point, and if you're kind of listening to this thinking, oh gosh, well, like, this kind of feels a little bit like my relationship with alcohol, sometimes just like stop and walk away and like step back from it all can give you the kind of breathing space to decide what actually makes you happy or not. And it's very different to maybe Made in Chelsea, but your relationship with alcohol, if it does feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm happy with this, I'm anxious, it's not, is this good for me or not? Just, just walk yeah. away for a bit. Somebody else was, was uh, pulling me up the other day on, on calling it a relationship with alcohol and that that's not what it is and I, th- I think it absolutely is you know I would go back to drinking even when I knew it was wrong and you know I would be upset with myself for taking it too far like, you know it's, it is kind of like a girlfriend that you wish you could just leave yeah. sometimes well I mean I'm not even funny alcohol triggers uh, neurotransmitters in your brain suppresses certain ones affects others I think it's very much isn't a, rela- a relationship because it quite literally affects those parts of your brains which your brain which which is the feeling of want and 
you know, desire and, you know, how do I feel about this anger and all those kind of things. Anyway, let's finish off um, part two. Uh, thank you so much. We are going to head into part three of the stomp cast. Now we're going to talk about like life lessons. I feel like we started a little bit already. We can talk a little bit more about life lessons. And I think now that we're coming out of January, we're into the year and some people have done say dry January or set up new habits is how do you kind of sustain them? Because that's often, the, it's, it's kind of easy sometimes to start things. It's the sustaining that's often the difficult bit and discipline. So we'll come back to that point. See you very soon. Enjoy your stomp. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.